Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eccles. This is episode 99. I am your host, Carter E., joined as always by my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. Joining us again this week is Nevada News Group News Editor Duke Rittenhouse. Duke, how are you doing today? Uh, good, thanks. I had a football weekend. I went to a, a high school game Friday and I saw the Wolfpack on Saturday. Lots of, lots of football, which coincidentally we might talk about. <laughs> You don't say. You don't say. Before we get into that, though, today's episode is sponsored by Play Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. Located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center, or you can check them out online at www.playedagainstsports.com. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, we're jumping jumping right into football here. Let's start with some of the prep stuff we saw this weekend, and I think I'd be remiss not to start with that Carson-North Valley's game, given the way uh, Friday night went for me. 25-24 Carson in overtime. Uh, they trailed 18-3 to at one point in the second half, I believe, and from there, you know, outscored them 22-6, to uh, including some just crucial plays when they needed them most, and... Um, I'm not sure there's any other way you can put that. I mean, North Valley's led by eight. And my apologies, I don't remember the running back's name, but he broke loose. And there's only one guy with a chance to stop him. And if he scores that touchdown, game over. I mean, that puts them up 24-10 with, you know, not that much time left. Carson Carson scored the game-tying touchdown with five seconds left on the clock or whatever it was. And uh, Jake Winninger just tracks tracks him down, tackles him at the 13, saves a touchdown. The Carson defense proceeds to get a four-down stand from there, stopping North Valley's at the four-yard line on fourth and, you know, one. And uh, then you go in overtime. After Carson scores late, North Valley's gets the ball first, needs just a couple plays, gets into the end zone. And the old, the old adage is if you're, quote-unquote, the underdog on the road, you go for two in overtime, and that's what the Panthers did. Carson was able to stop it. Carson went down and, you know, did their thing, scored, and just took the extra point for the win. And that was all she wrote Friday night, 25-24, Carson over North Valley's. Douglas Wooster didn't happen Friday night because of uh, some lighting issues. It was not the only lighting issues in the area, funny enough. Uh, Insert October, Friday the 13th jokes there. Um, Douglas ended up playing Wooster. Saturday morning afternoon winning that game at 28 nothing. Really just an all-around uh, impressive performance for Douglas, which has now gone 13 straight quarters without allowing a point. Uh, that's going to be a big storyline coming into this Friday's game, the rivalry, hashtag, where Carson and Douglas meet in Minden. I have been assured there will not be light issues, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. Duke. You know, we can we can feel free to dive back to to this past weekend, but what what intrigues you the most about either the last few days or the upcoming few days in uh, in this Carson Douglas football landscape? You know, we we're all over the map here. Like, we're obviously we're super excited about the uh, 100th anniversary of Carson and Douglas, which we've mentioned, and um, this will be the first of many plugs. Uh, Wednesday, check your Wednesday newspapers, your Nevada Appeal, your Record Courier uh, special section celebrating the game. Uh, it looks really nice. I've seen it. Um, and uh, we tried to track some people down. Carter tracked uh, a lot of area people down uh, who were part of the game. Um, I did some more statistical stuff. Uh, I think it kind of came together really nice. So that's in your Wednesday uh, editions of, of those papers. And also this week, 
as the week progresses periodically, we're going to throw this stuff online. So you've seen, you know, uh, <clears throat> visit the sites. That's NevadaAppeal.com, RecordCourier.com, just like they sound. And uh, you should start seeing some, some stories there. But so to me, as excited as we are about that, and it is, and I am, I'm genuinely excited. I mean, um, I've, I've written about sports in, I believe, four different states. And I don't recall coming close to a, a 100th anniversary at the high school level. Um, I remember... Uh, a couple times in California, there was some older, you know, really good rivalries. But you know, they were they had been playing maybe fifty times or whatever, which is still nice. But you know, this is something. This is this is two schools that are you know fourteen, fifteen miles apart or whatever that that just this is going to be a hundred years. And so, on the other hand, as I said, it, it's kind of the best of. Uh, or I mean, it's it's good news, bad news. You know, as I look at my standings all through Northern Nevada, things are pretty much decided yeah. uh, in, in many ways, in many cases. So I'm a little bit less excited about that. Um, ironically, of the six 5A Division three schools, two of them are locked in, and they happen to be the two schools we cover. They sure do. So <laughs> uh, regardless of events, uh, upsets, uh, there'll be, you know, Galena plays Wooster, North Valley's plays Hug. Carson plays Douglas. Regardless of events, Douglas can do no worse than first place. Yep. Carson can do no worse or better than fourth place. Um, so a little bit less exciting in that respect. Uh, the Galena-Wooster game is for home field advantage and a, and a week off. That's fairly intriguing. North Valleys versus Hug is not only a good rivalry they play. It's called the Valleys Cup, but it's for fifth place. Uh, both teams have to go on the road. And even up in Division Two. Uh, I was double checking. Minogue is clinched. Minogue yep. can do no worse than first. Uh, and <laughs> the intrigue might be the Reno McQueen game as the loser gets relegated and joins us for the next year. Right. So, right. You know, I think typically you expect a little more intrigue when you hit week 10. It's not like it's totally lacking, but I was hoping for a little bit more. And it is, I think, ironic that Douglas and Carson enter their big rivalry game Friday. They know where their postseason fate already is. So, I don't know. What do you make of that? You know, it's... Uh, yeah, I guess I, I really don't want to, like, wash away or water down any of this, this rivalry game, because it is... You know, it's probably the one I've been the most excited for in my time here, just given how much work we've put in ahead of time. But yeah, it does. It does. It does feel a little interesting that both of their postseason fates are decided because usually this is the game that's, at least in the, the past, has been the game of who's getting into the playoffs, and the winner um, has has been able to continue their season because they beat Carson, because they beat Douglas. It it's it's too bad that that'll be the way it shapes out. But I will say, with Carson being the four seed, should North Valley's beat hug that would line up a rematch between Carson and North Valley's which I can almost assure you will be entertaining I don't know if I could say equally entertaining it's a high bar to live up to after 2524 and OT but that also means that if they get that rematch and Carson wins their first round home playoff game we can see Carson Douglas part two which I wish I would have looked this up ahead of time hasn't happened since 1944. Yeah, it's uh, been a minute. Oof. Yeah, it's they used to do it commonly, and uh, of course, in the modern era, we don't we don't do home and homes anymore or anything like that. But yeah, it would. It's been it's been a long time. If you want to get super technical, the calendar year of 2021 saw two games because there was a spring season followed immediately yes. by a fall season. But that's obviously a COVID 
uh, technicality. So yeah, it'd be a little bit of history. And you know, it's funny as rematches can be can be odd. Yeah. So including the first one you mentioned, if it turns out to be a North Valley's rematch, right? I mean, will that game be three to nothing? <laughs> will one team win thirty to nothing? I mean, rematches can be odd. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I don't mean to get too far ahead here and and lose anybody's interest on this week, but. I wonder when they're going to play that Carson Douglas game next year because Douglas is getting promoted to 5A Division Two, which breaking news for anybody who hasn't kept up with Nevada prep sports over the last couple of years. Promotion relegation is a thing in this in this uh, great state, but yeah, where where we think Carson Douglas rivalry is going to going to happen next year? It won't be a league game. Do you think they'll wait for the stick it? At the, I don't know if they're going to be able to schedule it at the end of the year. It might be a pre like one of one of the first four or five weeks of the year. Yeah, this is not definitive. I don't think no, they can. I, I, I mean, what I'm about to say is 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 a combination of speculation plus living here for a long time. But if there's a commitment to have your five league games at the end, then honestly, what you're looking at it is a non-league game like any other. It would be no different in the in the eyes of the NIAA, et cetera. It would be no different than playing Basic or Calaveras. Right. You you're looking at the athletic directors having to get together and and finding that. And you've got, assuming there's 10 Fridays again, you've got five times to do that. I honestly think, obviously the athletic directors, I would hope, would, would say, this should be a non-league game. Yeah. First of all, you sell a lot of tickets. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? But it's pure speculation. What if they get mad at each other and yeah. say, we're not doing this? Yeah, you know, and not to throw it too much here, but in the the mess, and I've written about this already, but in the mess of, and probably said it on the podcast too, but in the mess of the realignment when Douglas was uh, trying to get trying to drop to 3A, I'd been told from both athletic directors at the time that they weren't sure Carson and Douglas would have even happened this year if Douglas had dropped down to 3A because the schedules had pretty much already been set, and with the way that was set up, 3A, Douglas going to have you know eight or nine league games, which really cuts into your non-league schedule, especially if you've already you know, scheduled and have contracts for Sutter and Calaveras and Basic at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, not trying to get too far ahead here, but it is something to to stay on top of for next season because that game all of a sudden may not be the uh, season finale. It may be meeting somewhere in, you know, week four or five, which will be a very unique spin on, on the rivalry. And real quick, uh, this year, weeks... Uh what would it have been? It would have been weeks four and five. Actually, were the crossover weeks, which yeah. obviously every all twelve schools get, must have agreed to it because it can't be a coincidence that one week all the Division three teams were at home, the following week huh. all the Division two teams were at home. Obviously, it was an agreement. Mm-hmm. So if that takes away two more weeks, which if they like if they want to do that experiment again, now you're looking at weeks one, two, or three. Oh, this is this is great. This is yeah. I'm, again, I'm not here. trying to. I'm not trying to jump us, you know, a year into the future here. But it was something I kind of was just sitting here thinking about before, while we were while we were talking about it. You know, Duke, you you did allude to it, and I'll, I'll steer off of what next year looks like, given we are not there yet. But you did allude to a little bit of of all the coverage that is, that is coming in in Wednesday's. Wednesday's newspaper. I'm curious if you think it's worth kind of teasing any of some of those those stories, maybe to to let people kind of have an idea with what's coming. I mean, obviously, I can start with what you'll you'll see on the front of each paper, which will be the uh, we'll look back to the the state title teams for both Carson and Douglas, at least their uh, most recent being in the the 50s and then the 70s. Uh, that should be some some good stuff there. And then yeah, we'll kind of dive through a whole bunch of. A whole bunch of stats, like uh, Duke alluded to. I've I've also seen the layout. Um, I think the front, honestly, might be what I 
was just like blown away with all the like the the collage of all these different newspaper headlines and photos and uh, yeah, Wednesday's paper. Yeah, I, I think you, I think everyone will like it. the The cover is really neat. It's a it's not just like one player or or one trophy or something like that. It's uh, it has to be about thirty different elements that were found, and then our graphic designers here put it together. It looks really neat. It's very. It looks like you're looking at a, a piece of history. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so we took two of the stories. Uh, I think Carter just touched on this. We took a Carson-centric story, and the plan is to put it on the front page of the Nevada Appeal. There's a Douglas-centric story. The, <clears throat> the plan there it should be on the front page of your record courier. And then inside, you've got boy, there's stories on what the rivalry means, uh, how it compares to other rivalries. There is uh, a column on uh, how goofy things were in 1923, which were (laughs) plenty goofy. I mean, like, you know, sometimes I wondered, like, you know, they they talk about these football games, and I'm like, I would have loved to go back in time because who's keeping track of the time? There's no electronic scoreboards. You know, who's keeping track of the time? How do you do this with two officials? I think most of the games had a linesman and a you know, a head referee, two officials, two officials, 22 kids running around, you know, banging into each other with two officials. I just would have loved to have seen it in in terms of uh, back to the section. um, uh, There is uh, just about every angle on the rivalry. And then in the, um, in the middle is a real, I think it looks great. There's a, there's a complete list of dates and final scores. And I I touched on this uh, in last week's podcast. I don't, I can't think of a Nevada newspaper that's attempted this. Uh, for you know, for something they've played eighty four times, yeah, no one's attempted this that I'm familiar with, for many reasons, uh, including the age of our rivalry. I don't think it's ever been done. That part will be a keeper, hopefully. But so, yeah, Wednesday, get up, rush out, uh, accost your delivery guy, or go to the store. Whatever it takes, go get your paper. If I can throw one more teaser, and I think, I think I have two favorite stories from what I what I listen to in all the interviews I did. And here's my apologies in advance to those who uh, I talked to who didn't didn't make any of the stories as far as their quotes go. I apologize. It's probably my least favorite part of this job, but that is, is part of the job. However, I think the one and I was reminiscing with it uh, with about, about it with Bob Bateman on the sideline, who has coached on both sides and hired guys from both sides to coach on either side. And he's talking about a game in the 50s where uh, Carson and, and Douglas, the two head coaches, didn't particularly care for each other a whole lot the way he tells it. And Carson's just uh, hammering Douglas in, in this one. And as a final as a final kind of um, statement, I guess, Carson drives all the way down the field and in the, in the final moments of a blowout gets to Douglas's four-yard line and then proceeds to punt the ball out of the stadium as a final... Uh, you know, uh, statement, I will say to, to Douglas there. And so that is, that is a good one. Uh, I, you know, it's been great hearing about some of these game winning field goals that have caused coaches to really second guess how good they are as, as coaches. Um, I know Mike Rippey said he, uh, he thought one of those Austin Pacheco field goals, they weren't in field goal range. And I think his response after that was, well, or he sure was. Yeah. So lots of good stuff there. Uh, steering it back to to now, there is a a good feature out on Connor Jackson um, that came out this in this past Saturday's edition of the Nevada Appeal. He still leads the state in rushing yards. He's got 23 touchdowns. Apologies, I don't have his number of yards from last week off the top of my head, but he had two more touchdowns uh, as well in Douglas's win there. So 
Another thing to follow, he's going to be a... He's going to be the toughest, I think, the toughest running back Carson's seen this season, potentially. And, um, you know, I know there's some caveats with some of those uh, early games, but they're going to have their hands full with that. Uh, from talking to head coach Kyle Mays, Douglas is running their power run game for almost eight or nine yards of play. So you can know it's coming, but, I mean, sometimes that's that's the hardest play to stop is when one that you you know it's coming. So we'll see how, how Carson is able to handle that. Uh, I fully expect the Senators to... Uh, bring heavy boxes and try to force Douglas into passing the ball. And if being completely honest, I imagine that's what Douglas can try to do to Carson too. Uh, both these teams prefer to run the football. And so if you can push them into to being more one dimensional and taking away that, that run game, it could, it could change things a lot, but I'm not sure Douglas ever really gets, at least this season has ever really been steered away from the run game that that seems pretty much like a staple there. So Wednesday's paper, pick it up. That's, I think, all about I want to say on that. Duke, anything else you want to add to that while we're here? Otherwise, I'm going to divert really quickly into some other local prep sports. Yeah, real quick, actually, I'll go up a level and, and mention that uh, we're, we also are going to have uh, tons of Wolfpack coverage this week. Uh, the Saturday game uh, against UNLV, uh, speaking of rivalries, that was the 49th uh, Fremont Cannon game. Uh, I covered the game, and... Uh, I've got uh, two stories coming up. Uh, our columnist, Joe Santoro, will have his usual four stories, and it'll be um, – there's a lot to talk about uh, this week, actually. I think, you know, in addition to uh, a rivalry, it was a fairly entertaining game. We have good. We have some good photographs. In terms of, as you talk about this, obviously, there's a head coach issue and how long or, you know, he'll be around. Should the school give him a break? Does he deserve a break? nation's longest losing streak can um, they even afford to buy him out <laughs> you know until december 1st and and you know the fact that um you know ken wilson might have been dealt a really really bad hand and vince lombardi might not be able to get out of this that that's a factor too so um we head to the second half of the wolfpack season at owen six and owen two in mountain west we have a lot of coverage um it, it's a good sports week we have a lot of coverage coming up wednesday's paper should be great uh, some of this stuff, uh, some of the UNR stuff will spill over into Saturday's paper, but really just a fun week. And uh, we don't mention uh, the pack a lot here, and I thought I would just throw it out there real quick. It's just uh, nonstop, nonstop sports this week. Yeah, not to get too revisionist history here, but uh, I, and maybe, maybe it's, I mean, I know college football is a lot of what have you done for me lately, but... Uh, I think it might be easy for some people to forget just how much Jay Norvell gutted the Wolfpack when he when he left to Colorado State, um, and I can I can leave that at that. But yeah, not that Delta bad hand is is definitely the I think the the right approach there. No matter how about how you feel how the the first season and a half has gone. All right, switching into some other prep sports as we kind of wind down the season here. Our resident soccer expert, Jeff Carson and Douglas, played this past Tuesday. They'll play again tomorrow. We are taping this Monday morning uh, for just some clarification there. The Senators have a steep climb if they want to make the playoffs. They are currently five points out of a playoff position, which would be a win in two draws. However, they only have four games left, and they are against Douglas, Reno, Minogue, who's in first place in the Sierra, and then Galena, who's in third they're going to have to win at least two, if not three of those games in order to try to make a playoff push, given you're going to have to hop Douglas. That, no, and that's assuming that Douglas doesn't win. Right. So if right. Douglas wins, that 
almost puts it out of, I mean, they've got to win out. Uh, so that, that makes it tough. Uh, and they played all those teams fairly, fairly well. Uh, Galena was a little bit you know, three to one, but uh, doable, but to the end of the road now. You Your back is against the wall. If you want to make the playoffs, you got to win. Yeah, you know, I'm curious. Any Anything you can, can add to our audience from that first Douglas Carson meeting that you saw? Because I was not able to get there with the girls golf front, regional girls golf front and late. I it, I think some of the rivalry was there. Um, but it's it's just, it's you've got to create chances, create opportunities, and, and, and capitalize on the ones that you do create. And Douglas did, and Carson didn't. So, uh, you know, a, g- a good match overall. Two goals get go in, and you know, it's kind of I don't necessarily remember any of it. You know, the, the specific of the goal, but it's like you know, you cannot let that stuff happen. It's it's eighty minutes of high pressure, and that's that's the way high school sports and high school soccer is. And it, it doesn't matter boys or girls, doesn't matter what level. It's you got. At the varsity level, you got 80 minutes, and if you're not on for all 80 minutes, you know you lose one. Same thing with Carson at at, at Damani. Damani on paper is a much better team to score one goal. They won. Yeah. So, you know, little little that that instant that you're not on, you're you're taking a risk. So you just hope that it's not in front of the goal. I'll get to regional girls golf in just a second, but I do want to flip over to the, the boys soccer side of things so we don't you know, jump around here too much. Uh, Douglas looks to be pretty much eliminated uh, on the boys side, uh, barring I think maybe there's a potential if things get really weird, but I would, uh, sorry to say, I think the Tigers are, are out there. Carson, however, is still holding on to the four seed in the Sierra League, and they are only one point behind Galena and Wooster, who are second and third. Uh, I think anybody who's seen Hug or Sparks this season is probably saying they are the two top dogs out of the High Desert League as well. I'm curious, what do you think it'll take for that boys team to to find a way to at least hold on to that playoff spot or maybe try to sneak up and get a get a home game or two? I think they can. I mean, obviously, they're, they're trying to get as high up in the standings as you can. But if you look at who's directly around them, there's a chance. They've got, what, three more games left? Unfortunately, one of them is Wooster, so that's going to be a tough opponent. But uh, it, it's it's the same thing. It's the end of the season, and you've got to make a push, and you've got to be on for there, – there's no taking a break or anything like that. You've got to push the whole time, which is hard, but that's the way the game is. Yeah, for uh, what it's worth – Carson Boys Soccer has three contests left this season. They will come against Damani Ranch, Bishop Minogue, and Wooster. Um, That is going to give Carson... Obviously, Wooster sits ahead of them by one point right now. Damani's in first place in the Sierra League, ahead of them with three points, 13 to 10. And then Minogue's behind them. So, uh, you know, it's possible. That Wooster game will, will probably determine who's who's getting a home playoff game the yeah. way it looks to shape up. I guess I got to look at Wooster's schedule a little more closely to be definitive on that. And that's but. a tricky thing when you get down to the end of the season. You, this Your your slate of who you're playing has been dealt, and yeah. you didn't take care of business before, so now you got to take care of business when it's harder. So, But that's you've known that for a couple of months, so 
Get out there and do it. Absolutely. Uh, jumping over to girls golf, the Douglas High girls golf team is headed back to state. Uh, third year in a row, they will do that. This is their first year um, up in the 4A North this uh, this fall. Man, it's still confusing me. I just second-guess myself on whether it's 4A or 5A. They're not in 3A, though, where they won their past two state titles. You know, it's interesting to hear them still talk about how they get discredited for the 3A state titles. And maybe that's, you know, a high school sort of, like, keep a chip on my shoulder mentality, which I know high school athletes love to do. But um, personally, I don't think anybody's going to care in a couple years. Maybe it's just because it's fresh and it's easy to to try to tear people down. But I don't I don't think that's going to gonna matter a whole lot. I, to me, it's troubling because, especially in golf, tennis, track, cross-country even, you have exceptional athletes at just because they go to a small school does not mean that they're a fantastic athlete and you're still competing against those kids from the smaller schools. And I mean, realistically, the kid doesn't dictate where they live. It's their parents. You know, where mom and dad live is where you go to school for almost everybody. Monogue's a little bit different because you can live regionally, mm-hmm. but it, it's, you don't get to pick what school you go to, especially, you know, live in Carson, you go to Carson. Live in Douglas, you go to Douglas. So it's it's I don't know, I have a really hard time saying that they didn't achieve something that was great. I think it'll fade too. Um, yeah. I think as we get more used to the the uh, commitment to the sport by sport realignment, and uh, you know three alignment cycles from now, when we've had in you know fifteen different sports, we've had schools go up and down and success and failure, and I think it'll be the realignment will become part of our. Uh, sports cycle it'll just be a thing right now it seems kind of new like douglas winning back-to-back titles was like the a a thing you know it was like uh, if you hate it you point to that and you go see yeah see but you know at the same time not long ago you know north valley's football everyone was like oh okay well north valley's is going to win like you know 20 straight 3a titles no they made the playoffs once i mean we i think part of it is we're just not used to it now get Ten years, I realize that sounds like a lot of time, but ten years from now, we will have done five more cycles, yeah. and it'll just be a thing. Like this is how we do things, and, and I really think Douglas should be proud of those titles. And I think, given give us a couple of years, I don't think anyone's going to care. Yeah, they were the third team of three uh, behind uh, Bishop Minogan Reed. Carson Girls Golf was fourth, so they do not qualify as a team. However, for the third year in a row. Jamie McGee and Madeline Roberts, two of their seniors, will be headed to state as well. They qualified as individuals. Uh, they pull. So if you make it as a team, you're pretty much pulled out of the individual qualification, and then they take the next six from teams that did not make it. So Carson had two of those six. Uh, so congrats to those girls there. They will head down to Vegas this week for, or in fact, I say this week. They're definitely already there yep. uh, for the state title there, which they know going in those Las Vegas schools are no joke. They get to golf almost year round. So curious to see how, how that one shakes out. That Bishop Minogue girls golf team seems pretty intent on on taking that, that state title. So we'll see how that all shakes out there. I think volleyball and cross country are all we have left. Cross country has been a little on the slower side. I think just with the, the break in, in Washoe County, I got a feature story coming out on the Carson girls team this this Wednesday as well. So another Another hint to go pick up Wednesday's paper. That should be a good one. They are crushing it. I mean, just 
crushing it. They're getting invites to new meets that they've never been to. They actually already have a postseason meet lined up after the state meet. So there's there's a lot going on there, and I think some, some good stuff coming. So be sure to stay tuned for more cross-country coverage there. Volleyball got four games left. Carson and Douglas there. They're sitting at the five and six seeds. Carson's kind of all alone in that six seed or that five seed right now at six and six. McQueen's above them at eight and five. Douglas and Galena are below them at three and nine each. The nice thing for Carson is they play Reed, Galena, Minogue, and Douglas. So they have three of their final four games are against teams that are below them in the standings. So they could make a push for that four seed depending on how McQueen has got what McQueen has left there. But good for Carson to get back on the winning winning track this past. Thursday at home against Damani Ranch. It's a game you just got to take care of. They did so in straight sets there. Looking at Douglas, like I said, trying to hold on to that final playoff spot. They take on Galena thir- Excuse me, tomorrow night, Tuesday night. So I might get a little a bit of a double dip given that girls' soccer game is down there as well. Uh, that's going to be a huge one for that final playoff spot because somebody will get a game and likely a tiebreaker on that Galena actually swept Douglas in their first meeting so that'll be big they finished with Spanish Springs Damani Ranch and Carson so some uh gonna be some high intensity volleyball for anybody who wants to keep keep those postseason hopes and dreams alive I know Douglas has been has been pretty good at getting in every year so that'll be uh that'll be a big one I know that's always their goal there Otherwise, we got anything else before we get out of here? Um, do, do I need to tease Wednesday's paper again? Do we think that message has been I think properly? I want to grab one. Yeah, yeah. I think we might have. I think we. I think we're there. We, our quota of mentioning it. I think we're. We filled that. All right. Count. Well, that's going to do it for episode ninety-nine of the Behind the Bench podcast. Thanks to Jeff Mulvihill. Fitting enough, episode one hundred will be next week, following the hundredth anniversary of the Carson Douglas game. I wish I could say I was smart enough to make that happen, but it's just been basically two years, and it happened to line up this way. We had no clue. Not a clue in the world, but that's going to do it for us. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks, as always, to Played Against Sports for sponsoring the podcast, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at www.playedagainstsports.com. That'll do it for us. We'll catch you guys next week. Take it easy.